Hey all, welcome to the Exciter Show. I'm Chris. I got Paul with me. Um, Joe is uh, not feeling well tonight. I, I guess it's the best way of saying it. As you know, Joe's a professional actor. He is. I, I, it, it feels weird saying that. Like <laughs> It'd be like me saying, hey, I'm a, a professional actor. Well, Joe really is a professional actor. Uh, he's in a play. And man, Joe's working all day, acting all night. And, you know, it's sometimes hard to come back when you're not feeling well and podcasts even later in the night. So, uh, Paul's alone. Uh, no, Paul's here. Joe's on, is alone under the weather. Uh, we hope everything's fine. He'll be back next week. But we got Paul here. Paul, how are you doing? Doing all right. I'm, uh, you know, kind of uh, second fiddle to Joe. I mean, he's the he's the optimist, the, uh, you know, the, the ray of shining light, but I will... I will do my best to not be uh, always on the negative of every story. Right. And that's just what the Steelers everything. Paul, Paul's kind of like the negative and Josie <laughs> shiny bright light. I don't know. I, I'm still thinking about that story that we talked. I think it was the last time all three of us were together where we were blaming this woman the poor woman who got her car smashed up by the woman who um, thought that her boyfriend's car was this other woman's car. <laughs> and we ended up blaming the other woman, which, which is not. <laughs> so I don't know if, if Joe's the optimist. Cause Joe was really, um, you know, in favor of that. This is so, well, we'll see. We all have our days. Uh, we all have our cross the bear, I guess. So. <laughs> well, hey, a couple fun stories I definitely want to get to. Uh, you know, I, I look for the news and, you know, sometimes like, man, I can't find a good story for what we're talking about. We like talking about goofy, silly stuff. And there's sometimes that you read a headline and you're like, I can't wait till we I talk to these guys because I want to talk about this. I found yeah. a story. Uh, Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, homeowner burned their house down. Hey, it happens. You know, you don't. Well, most people don't intentionally burn their house down, but sometimes you make a mistake and stuff happens. Well, this person was trying to manage a snake infestation. Okay, so that's scary. I mean, I would not want snakes in my house. Uh, Paul, I'm sure you don't want snakes in your house either. But what do you No, my was, wife would move out. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's definitely a scary time. I mean, your wife's going to be like, all right, we got to do this. We got to take care of this right away. Um, but unfortunately now what they did was they used coal to try to scare away the snakes, but they had them too close to combustibles. So the whole house catches fire. Um, $1 million of damage. Um, you can Oof. see pictures here. Yeah. I mean, the house, the house is gone. I mean, it's, and you know. And the funny thing about it is, according to this tweet, they said, snake status undetermined. So, <laughs> uh, that would be horrible if the snakes are like, oh, we're fine. This story, it, it's, it's interesting. They talked to the uh, fire and rescue spokesman. He said the owner tried using smoke from coals to fight the serpents in a house um, you know, in Maryland, I never heard that before. Smoke from coals to fight snakes. That would have been pretty far down my list of ideas to try. I don't know that 
I would have gotten there any time in an expedient way <laughs> manner. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us are Googling how to get snakes out of your house. I mean, that I, that's never been a Google search I've done, at least recently. But I, I guess the thought would be is, I don't, I'm sure have never done a Google search for smoke from coals. I'm not even sure what that does. <laughs> like, how's that different than smoke from your grill or smoke from a cigarette or something? I, I don't know what the difference of smoke from a coal does that these other things won't do. Maybe snakes enjoy smoke from a cigarette. You know, yeah. since they, I don't know if they have lungs, they just like kind of taking in the second hand. I don't know. But but the smoke from coals is what gets them. That's repulsive to them. They won't they won't stand for that. I guess I'm not a smoker. I would never think about smoking. But maybe this homeowner's like, hey, I'm not smoking in the house. I don't smoke. And you know, you don't you don't want to do your grill in the house. So maybe they're like, hey, maybe here's a smoke that's house friendly. And maybe that's what happened. You know, my grill actually has something on the front of it. It, very okay. distinctly, it says for outdoor use only. Right. Yeah. So the homeowner, if we could talk to the homeowner, they're green. They say, "Hey, what should I do? Yeah, you know, I can't put my grill inside. I'm not going to start smoking or anything <laughs> else like that." So, but I guess no matter what the smoke is, I, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, is there some type of a remedy that says snakes hate smoke in general? I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what's the reasoning by using smoke in general, if it's coals or whatever it's from. I don't... I, maybe there's word on the street that we don't have access to. Yeah, because this story, and, and granted, this story is a very short story, but it doesn't say what happened, like why the owner was thinking that. So, I don't know. It's I mean, what would, what would be your go-to move, though? Probably like follow what your wife would do. Just get the heck out of the house. I mean, just say, all right, <laughs> I'm good. Hey, yeah, we're both men of faith. I mean, you know, we just got to say, oh, this is God telling us we shouldn't live here anymore. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, there's parts of the Bible. I can't remember the character, but, you know, they've had characters where God says, hey, leave. Just, you know, was it the, the lot story where didn't God say, hey, Galvin City, you know, just take your position, yeah. you know, don't take stuff. Don't have a big moving sale. You know, don't pack. Just, you know, get your family, the clothes on your back, get out, you know, pretty much. So I would say, yeah. now, now, that is kind of scary because that was Sodom and Gomorrah, probably one of the most, you know, <laughs> simple areas of world history. But, you know, if I saw a snake, I'd be like, oh, my goodness, my city is Sodom and Gomorrah. I got galv the house for good, you know. <laughs> Make well, sure if, your if I had okay. a snake infestation, I think I would like repent of whatever sin in my life brought this infestation. I mean, that would be like a plague. Would that be after you got out of the house, though? I, I think what I would, yeah, I think I would stay. I would send the family to the hotel, a hotel for the night, and oh. I would call somebody who deals with snakes. And I'd stay behind and wait for this person to show up because I would pay the 24-hour service. Um, but while I'm waiting for them to come, I would be in deep repentance over whatever I did to cause this. Here's the other thing I was thinking about. Um, my grandma grew up in Northeast Ohio, the Youngstown area. 
Uh, it was actually like a historical home. It was William McGuffey's home, which was kind of strange. Uh, you know, uh, McGuffey, I don't know if you heard of the McGuffey Reader. It was kind of, um, so they kind of kept the house as a historical landmark or whatever. And, you know, she had some snakes in her house. Now, they were kind of garden snakes. Snakes that, you know, you, you get squeamish around, but most of the time they were in the basement. They, they never went upstairs. So, you know, my grandma didn't go downstairs in her basement that much. I, I'm kind of wondering what snakes were at this house. I don't know. I was going to ask if, if the article said what kind of snake, because that could be, I mean, yeah. I, I do remember, though, I lived in the first church I served at. There was a parsonage, and there was no, it was so out in the country, there was no sewer line. Mm-hmm. And so we just had a cistern under the back porch. And every once in a while, I have to take the cover off to look and see if our water was running low. We need to get some shipped out. And I looked down in the cistern to check the water level, and there was a snake swimming around. And Ooh. I vowed that day that my wife would not know that until we moved out of that house. Yes. <laughs> that would be weird. But you missed out on sermon illustrations. My goodness. <laughs> you I figured those would be for future use. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just all kinds of wild stuff. Wow. No, my my cats did find a snake in the house. Hmm. And I don't know what the backstory was. I just heard him making this ruckus in the kitchen. And I went in and there's a snake in the middle of the kitchen. And I don't know if it was dead or alive. All I knew, for whatever reason, I grabbed a shoe and bonked it on the head. Um, only then to find out it, it had already been dead because it just kind of like bounced around when I hit it. I don't know what if that would have done anything if the snake was alive. I don't know if he can concuss them or if a blow to the head like that would do a man. I don't know. I'm not a reptile expert. You know, last thing I'm thinking about in this story is and yeah, there's a lot of deeper issues that we could talk about here. But again, this is just a fun show and everything. But what's worth burning your house down over? I mean, now you could give a spiritual interest saying, if there's sin in my house or if there's, you know, <laughs> pride or lust in the house, I'll burn the house down. No, but I'm talking about what physically would you need to fight that would make it be worth burning your house down? Right? That's the other unanswered question here. See, I, I don't know that anything would bring me to that level, especially since I don't own the house I'm in now. Um, right. But I will say, if if I had a chainsaw in the backyard and I'm like trimming a tree or something, and like I, I look at my arm and there's like 10 bees on my arm, I oh. just might lose that arm. Um, <laughs> not intentionally, but I, I think just instant reaction, that arm would be gone. Okay. We learn a lot about Paul. Paul would cut off his own arm to <laughs> avoid, avoid bees. So, Not by um, conscious yeah. choice. It would just be reaction. Just bees. Yeah, it just happened. It would be that it quick. Yep. How do you explain that to your wife? You come inside. Well, I, you probably wouldn't come inside if you, you know, if you lost your arm. You're probably in pain, just screaming in the, in the back. But. Yeah, how do you explain if, that? If she That'd looked outside and saw me screaming with with an arm cut off, she'd be like, mm, bees. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> hey, he's yeah. still alive. It's all good. All right. Well, hey, let's um let's move on to our next story. We got a couple stories we want to get to in the next 20 minutes or so. Um, 
I almost feel bad bringing this up because, you know, Joey Chestnut likes to eat food and he's a competitive eater. Uh, he's made his money. That's the profession. He eats competitively. And, you know, Paul, I like to eat, but I, I don't. We're never going to be like Joey Chestnut. We're not going to understand Joey Chestnut. I almost feel bad making fun of Joey Chestnut. That's the way he lives his life. And yes, you can point at Bible versus saying gluttony's bad. But I mean, hey, I if Joey wants to live that way, I you know, I don't know what to tell Joey. It, it's fine. But you know, I, I see these stories come across. Um, you know, on like July 4th, he eats, what was it? 78 hot dogs is up to in 10 minutes. And you're like, oh, that's gross. How does he do this? Here's <laughs> one that's not, maybe it's not gross. It's just very weird. Um, there's a story, um, you know, for competitive eaters, they have a season long schedule, Paul. It's not like it's just the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. They eat at different contests throughout the year. Yep. So Joey eats 17 pounds of St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail to win this eating contest. That sounds like something very particular to eat. Shrimp yeah, Elmo I, shrimp cocktail. I I have really enjoyed um he like so seldom uses his name. I think his name's Adam. Um but he just goes by, I think, Mr. Beard on YouTube. But he's uh, from Britain. He's a competitive eater as well. And so not only do you watch him do all these challenges, but he talks a lot about just what go. I mean, it's it's very much like an athlete in training. I mean, just the discipline of doing it the way that you go about getting your stomach to increase to that size, how you prepare, what you do afterward. It's really fascinating. But I I'm just thinking... That much shrimp cocktail, I don't care if it's St. Elmo or St. Cookie Monster, um, I do not want to be anywhere near the bathroom he was in the next day. Um, that, oh, that much seafood, that fast, yeah. oh, bad things happened. Well, and here's the other thing. I, I'm a journalist by day. So, you know, I do some audio podcasting work. I write some. So I'm doing the same thing at night that I do during the day. And some people say, well, isn't that tough? Because you you don't want to do your job, you know, a lot in the day. You know, you want to separate it. Well, I enjoy this part of it. I enjoy being silly and doing fun things and everything. But I'm looking at a guy like Joey Chestnut. So eating is his profession. It's his full-time job. Well, Joey still has to eat at night, you know. You know, Mrs. Chestnut makes him something, or he takes Mrs. Chestnut out for a nice meal or whatever else. I mean, he still has to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, he's not getting his nutrition there. I'm wondering if he's miserable eating his regular food because his job calls him to eat 17 pounds of shrimp and all these hot dogs and everything else. I, I wonder what his life's like. I mean, he's probably extremely strict on his normal diet. Um, okay. I know Adam on YouTube is extremely, I mean, almost like Dwayne Johnson level strict diet. Um, so I'm guessing it, in those times, I mean, you can actually enjoy the food that you eat on a daily basis. Um, right. So I think he's probably at a point where, yes, he's tasting the shrimp cocktail, 
but at the same time, not really. Um, it's just kind of, you're just kind of one throating all this stuff and it, it's hitting the taste buds, but you're not paying a whole lot of attention to it. I'm wondering how much he eats of his stuff. He eats competitively. Like he's probably not eating shrimp cocktail when they go out to eat on a Saturday night. Right. He's no. probably not eating hot dogs <laughs> for fun. Or, I mean, I, I've seen some things where he eats pizza competitively. He's probably not eating pizza for fun. It's, I don't know. It, it would be different, but man, I, I, I keep thinking about that. How tough his life may be because of all that. I don't know. My guess is, you know, guys like that, they're not eating a lot of hot dogs, pizza, whatever on a regular basis. They're, you know, fruits, vegetables, they're uh, And again, I, I would highly recommend uh, if, if you looked up Mr. Beard, competitive eating, whatever, on YouTube, uh, he's really fat. He's really funny, but really fascinating. And just the kind of the science behind competitive eating, you know, because you always assume like it's going to be the big guys that eat a lot and it ends up being the small guys. But there's there's a reason for it. And there's there's a training behind it. And there's you know, it's it's more athletic than I ever gave it credit for. So not to say I'm fully on board with the Nathan's hot dogging contest as a legitimate sport, but I have greater respect for people who can compete in something like that. One of the shows on our network is a YouTube show. So I'll, I'll write down Mr. Beard. We usually look at a content creator each week and just kind of talk about them. So we need ideas. So yeah, Mr. Beard's going to go on our list. Uh, check out sometime soon. Very good. Well, yeah. let's look at our last story of the day. Um, <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. And again, on this show, we're, we're not, hey, hide things from your wife. You know, we don't endorse that practice. Um, but, you know, we talk about stuff that happens. So, you know, let's talk about it. Uh, there's a guy in Britain who he built, they're calling it Britain's largest train model set or model train set. He hid it from his girlfriend. Again, we're not pro. Hey, hide stuff from your girlfriend or hide stuff from your wife. We're, we're not in favor of that. You know, be honest and everything else. I'm wondering, and I got to take a look at the story to see what their situation's like. <laughs> so this guy builds a 200-foot, you know, model train set. And you got to think, that's got to be hard to hide from your girlfriend. So what he does is he <laughs> rents out this building to say, hey, I'm going to store wine. In it. Apparently, he had a wine collector claimed he had one. And they're like, oh, okay. But instead of storing wine, he builds this big mall train set. So I, I guess, like, my original question when I read the headline is, how can you hide that from a loved one, girlfriend, wife, whatever? I mean, is he living in a humongous house? But my goodness, he rented a building to build that in. Oh my! <clears throat> See, I, I think that's where he would be better off just to say, "Hey, I, I've got this train set. It's my hobby. I like it." But now you're paying even more to hide it. That's that's taking it to a, another level. Yeah, and you know, it says he was worried that his new girlfriend would dump him. If she found out he was in the process of uh, building the building, 
uh, of the you know biggest railway in in the country. And yeah, who knows? Maybe the girl would be like, eh, I'm not sure if I want to date a guy like that. But wouldn't the guy, the girlfriend be so much madder? And maybe they have separate accounts. You know, it's not like it's her money or anything else. But still, I mean, the girlfriend should have big questions about this guy because she's like, hey, aren't you saving money for something? Aren't you, you know, maybe they're close to getting married. You know, aren't you saving for the wedding or whatever? But instead, you're building this big railway system. I mean, to me, I would be more concerned about the rental of the building without telling her than even building a big railroad. I mean, that seems to be the the biggest error that this guy made, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, because there comes that point of, and not to stir stuff up, but, you know, <laughs> houses, you know, we can have like all, you know, precious moments, figurines and little knickknacks and oh. this and that, but sports paraphernalia, um, action figures, video games, that's got to be like banished to the dingy dark corner of the basement because it's embarrassing. It's like, why is, why is the guy's hobby so embarrassing? Precious yeah. moments are to be displayed proudly. Maybe nothing should be displayed in public in your house. <laughs> because I can understand, you know, we're supporters of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't know if my Pittsburgh Steelers poster should be hung up in the main living room. I, I, I get that. But you're right, too. Why should the precious moments be hung up or the live, laugh, love or live, hope, love or whatever the new saying is? <laughs> you, you know, let, let's keep our main living rooms barren of any decoration and everything. And then, you no, know, it's your, it's your living room. It should reflect who you are. Right. But, but keep it very barren. Because you you know no, you're really. right. Well, I mean, I would agree with a wife. You probably shouldn't put Pittsburgh Steelers posters all over your living room. But I, I'm also with you too. You shouldn't make it very girly either. Let let's just take the fun away from everybody. Keep it barren. <laughs> no pictures. No. I, I mean, it's got to be something that both you and your wife agree on. If you don't agree on it, it can't be out. That's what I say. Or let me have. Let me have a, a Gandalf figurine, like drawing his sword against the precious moments figure, getting ready to slay it. But but see, I, I'll fa- I'll stand in favor of the woman there too. I mean, I can understand how that might be tough to put in your living room. I I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, I understand. On the other hand, though, it, it's tough for the husband to see girly stuff up, upstairs too, and understand a lot of our living rooms. And again, I know we're stepping on tough territory going they're really sexist (laughs) no we're not sexist we're saying i you know our living rooms are very girly yeah to be honest with you um i i read a story that they were talking about how some churches you know the decorations are very female centered sometimes you know what i mean and they say hey that might make it tougher for guys in church because you know just the decor is more feminine you know i guess um i don't know i don't know if i totally agree with that but you know there's a lot of interesting studies that go into that so what i'm saying is yeah you don't necessarily need to make it into a man cave but make your living room a little less neutral you know gender neutral yeah. living room i guess i don't know that that's probably bad too but yeah I, I think there's you know just in general kind of the you know a lot of 
guy's hobbies being seen as immature or something. And, you know, I've got a, a Cal Ripken bobblehead over here. Very nice mm-hmm. bobblehead. Uh, is it any less sophisticated than a, whatever precious moments are of fat children or what they are. Yeah, no, no I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, no, but I can understand the other point saying, eh, I'm not sure if I put Cal Ripken on a prominent place. He, here's my fear. I, I've got some wild nine and 14 year olds. I'm afraid of anything like that. If it's not in the living room, they're going to break. <laughs> since it's not in their public. So I, I tend to lock away in my office. So I don't know. That's fair. Or, or maybe That's wait fair. till your kids get older until they all move out of the house or wherever else the case might be. All right. Well, let me take a couple minutes. I want to get your opinion on some of this stuff. Um, lots of content. Man, I'm still trying to uh, process everything. Um, yeah. Uh, recently, we had a Paul bookshelf, I, I believe. Uh, we also had a sermon from Paul, so... We're trying to get uh, Paul's stuff out as much as possible. Uh, I couldn't process your videos. Uh, you do some videos that you share with us, but I was able to work it out. YouTube has been kind of goofy uh, recently. Uh, so check out Paul's stuff on there. Um, Paul, I I tried to get him on tonight's podcast. He couldn't make it. But, Paul, I don't know if you saw this, but we broke a barrier. We have the first NFL current player on our podcast last week. I don't know if you got to see that. No. Ashley I, I haven't. Yeah. Um, I, you might I haven't seen it, but I saw you post it. Yeah. Um, Ashley Doolin uh, had some connections for Malone. This sounds very strange to say because Malone disbanded their football team, but the last Malone football team had a pretty good player in Ashley Doolin who was a all-conference two years in a row. The guy worked hard, Paul. Um, he actually um, made the Indianapolis Colts as an undrafted free agent. He's a receiver. Uh, he's played uh, the first two years for the Colts. He's back with the Colts this year, but he's developed a, a special team star. Uh, he led the team in um, – he's, well, he's leading the league in special team tackles right now. And um, – the Colts have had some issues at receiver this year. So Doolin's actually playing some receiver also. And Doolin's had two touchdowns in the past two games for the Colts. His first two, first two touchdowns for his career. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm a Steelers guy, so I, I, I'm not too big of a fan of Doolin. But I really enjoyed <laughs> talking to him. Very nice guy. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll root for him if, if the Colts aren't playing the Steelers. Yeah. Oh, go Pioneers. Yeah. Uh, he's caught two touchdowns from the great Carson once. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that anyone's catching passes from him. That's pretty good. So. Well, it was interesting. One thing, we, we did talk about Malone for a while, and it was just interesting. Um, you know, he acknowledged you know, it was tough. And, you know, Ashton, I'll put this way, he's been trained very well in public relations. So Ashton wasn't saying anything crazy. Uh, but he did talk about, um, you know, staying in contact with guys from Malone. And uh, he really was trying to make sure those guys ended up in good places. Because it, there was kind of a little bit of a feeling bad where, you know, the announcement came really suddenly. They didn't have the football team anymore. Uh, a lot of guys were looking for another place to go to school, you know, because there was no football. And um, Ashley kind of felt bad because at the same time, 
he was, you know, doing well at the scouting combine and, you know, end up in the NFL while some of these other guys are scrambling, you know. Wow. That would be hard to. Yeah. No, and he's excited. I'm, you know, I don't want to tell him I'm a Steelers fan, but, um, you know, he thinks the Colts <laughs> have a chance. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's been a great running back from this year. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was interesting. So, Paul, I'm not sure how many NFL players we're going to end up having on this podcast. I feel that might be the one and only. But no, it was, it was fun. We broke a, uh, yeah, we and we're, we're second first on the, this podcast, Paul. We had, you know, our first full time movie actress you know, from Bert Demicon. <laughs> oh, well, just uh, we've had a presidential candidate on once. Uh, yeah, just all kinds of uh, ninety eight degrees. Yeah, 98 Degrees. That was our first boy band pop star on the podcast. <laughs> and we're not talking about John Schlitt. No, Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees. So, yeah. Yeah, it never gets boring. And then also, and like I said, we still, we're always going to have the Xero show and the, the other shows we normally have. But we try to get some interviews on. Um, I actually talked also to Miss Ohio, Nicole West. Uh, we uh, spoke about um, uh, Paul in Ohio. Co- college football has become a really big deal this year. Ohio State was challenging for a college football spot before they got beat by Michigan. But the University of Cincinnati, Paul, is in the college football playoffs. So Miss Ohio, um, she competed in the Miss USA pageant right after the Ohio State-Michigan game. And she was telling me about how they have a costume contest where you dress up in something. And she said she grew up as a Ohio State fan. She's now going to University of Cincinnati. So she wanted to honor both schools. So she put on a Ohio State uniform and she carried with her a University of Cincinnati helmet. So I don't know. It was a, just a fun, quirky story because a lot of times Ohio State and Cincinnati fans are kind of, you know, going back and forth. And, you know, hey, this girl tried to honor both schools at the same time. Has the Miss Ohio ever won Miss USA, though? I don't know, to be honest with you. It, it kind of took me off guard because um, I, I did this for my job and we shared the, po- the interview on the podcast. Um, but she was telling me halfway during the interview, um, yeah, she knew that we cover a lot of Ohio stuff. And she's like, Oh, Miss USA is from Columbus. I'm like, what? What? You know, because Columbus was one of her big areas. She ended up being from Springfield, Ohio. So technically she's from Ohio, but she could be as uh, Miss Kentucky because that's where she lives now. So Ooh. I guess we could say the current Miss USA is from Ohio. I'm not sure Miss Ohio won in the past. And it's weird too because don't ask me the difference because I'm a little bit confused by this whole deal. There's a Miss USA. There's a Miss America. It's crazy. <laughs> there's a lot of competitions. I'm, I'm sure it takes someone like Joe can break down all the differences of the wrestling oh. leagues, and he could probably understand the differences of the beauty pageants. Probably it's very similar to wrestling on the governing bodies and everything. and Or it's like boxing. They used to have like – you know, they would call it, hey, there's this unification fight, you know, the try to unify all the boxing belts out there and everything else. So I, I don't know. We got to unify our, our beauty pageants, Paul. I think that's why I would. I'm still suspicious of the Miss Universe. I mean, that's that's pretty presumptuous of us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I there's agree. probably some Martian woman out there like, hey, give me a shot. Well, Jim Gaffigan had a great uh, comedy bit about that, but she was talking about Mr. Universe. And I, I think it was like Schwarzenegger won it once. And he's like, how can you know if, if he's really Mr. Universe? I mean, you could call him Mr. World or something, but, you know, you're right. It's being presumptuous, however you want to say it. Yeah. There should um, be a Miss Galaxy. Yes. But then you would have to ship Schwarzenegger out to outer space or whoever Mr. Young <laughs> World is to compete against other areas. Man, that'd be well, strange. Michael Strahan's going to space, what, on Friday? So maybe he can yeah. we could crown him something. <laughs> How quickly that that went from being a oh my goodness, someone's going to space. This is a great story. <laughs> until Maybe the story in the future is going to be who doesn't go to space, you know? <laughs> Look, it's Paul Yanchek. He's in the Pittsburgh area, and he has not gone to space. Paul, what's wrong with you, you know? Everybody else <laughs> in the world has gone to space, and you. Yeah, it means it started out. Who was the first one? It was, um, oh, what's his face? Um, oh, a billionaire. I can't think of his name yet. And that was big news, and then. Jeff Bezos, um, you know, Branson went first, didn't he? Yeah, Richard Branson. Okay, yes, thank you. But then Bezos went higher, right? He went second, but he went higher, further, whichever you want to say. I was intrigued for a little bit, and I lost my being intrigued. Uh, when it was, um, what's his face? Um, William Shatner, yeah, and that was exciting because he was a Star Trek guy, but (laughs) after a while, it's like, eh. And, you know, what's the plug behind Michael Strahan? I mean, yeah, he's a good morning America. Oh, is he going to, like, report while he goes up? Yeah, he's been reporting, like, all week about reporting from his training center and what his preparations are. So I'm sure they'll have a mic on him as he's going up so he can give play-by-play how I feel. And stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but there's got to be G-forces. I mean, you're not going to be talking like this. You're going to be, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be kind of strange. Well, I, I think it's all about that moment before you, like, the moment when you are you stay still for a second before you descend. Like, it, I think it's all about that moment of. Right. And I kind of wondered, too, um, well, it brings back, I mean, a lot of faith references, which is good. I like that on our show tonight. But remember, we had that discussion with Joe a couple weeks ago when we first talked about going up into space. You know, what happens as a rapture happens when you're already in space? I mean, if you're if you're a Christian, do you beat everyone else to heaven? I kind of wonder that. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are, you, are you first on the cloud with Jesus? Maybe we should get I guess it depends on how we view it happening. Yeah, that's true. I would imagine everyone would get I, at the same time. Like, I don't think... I, I, have, I have no interest aboard a spaceship, yes. regardless. I, I I will be the last standout then, but or hold out. I have no interest. Well, if you're doing it based on the rapture alone, I mean, there's a lot said about you can't set the date. Well, it's not just you would have to set the date. You would have to set the time of the rapture within like five minutes. You'd have to be really good at guessing <laughs> stuff. My goodness. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, 
Paul, anything you want to promote or get out there? Or... No, I've got kind of a backlog of stuff, um, but school is kicking my butt right now. So there's a lot of things that are just perpetually on the back burner. Yeah, same here. It's not school for me, but it's just been a busy last couple of weeks. Lots of stuff going on, and it's just, you know, I guess it's what it means living in a pandemic with <laughs> it just seems like there's a bunch going on. We're in a pandemic. We're trying to get ready for Christmas, trying to remember the reason for the season. And it just there's a million things going on right now, Paul. I'll tell you. I'm trying to remember my name. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> I, yeah, I can't remember your name half the time. I just I don't know. I'm a mess, Paul. It's it's going downhill quickly. <laughs> so <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week. I, I couldn't remember on our Beyond the Steel Curtain podcast. Who do the Steelers even play next week? Titans. Oh, the Titans. Okay. So on our Beyond the Steel Curtain podcast, we'll make fun of Nashville. Man, that's going to be tough for me. I actually like Nashville. I'm not sure how I've been there. Nashville. Yeah, no, it's a nice city. I, I like Columbus. I don't uh, foresee moving out of Columbus anytime soon, but. If I had to move out of Columbus, like if Columbus came to me and said, Chris, you're out. Get out of the city. You're not allowed here anymore. I, I head to Nashville. <laughs> I guess that's what my heart for Nashville. So, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. And then we'll also have our Excedrin show where we talk about more goofy stories like this. And um, we missed Joe tonight. We hope we'll have him back uh, next week. Um, anything else that you're in, Paul, before we close up? No, you just made me think of something I hate about Nashville, so um, Ooh, I could always okay. send that to you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Please send it to me. We, we, need, we need some of that stuff. All right. Well, for Paul, this is Chris. Think about you, Joe. Feel better soon. Uh, it's an exciting show. Have a great night, everybody.